Hello again, and welcome to yet another episode of The Eye Test, a fantasy baseball podcast. Podcast for those of us who love fantasy baseball, but you know what? Maybe we're not just sitting here trying to look up advanced stats all day. Sometimes guys just got to pass the eye test. Uh, I am once again your host. I'm your structural moderator. I am uh, the guy who keeps us on time, Bernie Thrasher. Uh, and I'm here with my uh, effervescent co-host, uh, Ben Steinheimer. That's me. Good to see you That's guys Benny again. Boy. Good to see you again. And today on our show, we have a very special guest. Uh, you know him from this show and nothing else. His name is uh, <laughs> Mitchell the Mayor Shapiro. Oh, glad to be back. Glad to be back. Oh. Mitch, let's ask you since since we've got you here. Uh, how regular of a, of a guest are you trying to be? Do you want to do? You, are you ready to jump up to co-host status? Ah, to make a full-time commitment. That might be aggressive, guys, and maybe an every other week thing. Maybe every three weeks. You know, it depends. You're just leaving yourself open to bail whenever you want. Yeah, thanks for that non-answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's what I'm good for. Okay. I thought you're good for showing up. Yeah. yeah, that was supposed to be your thing, right? I'm slacking, okay? Old age is catching up <laughs> to me. Not, All not right, it. so Mitch notwithstanding, let's dive right into the hot stove. Ben, what do you got for us? What's going on in baseball these days? Uh, well, we're approaching opening day, so the signings are you know fewer and farther between. We still have some big names on the market uh, in the form of a couple pitchers. Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell have yet to sign as we are now, what, three days from the first games in uh, Japan on Wednesday? Well, let's see when this podcast airs, but uh, yeah, it's looking yeah. around that well, time. We're huh? very close to real baseball, and lots of guys remain unsigned. We did see Carlos Gonzalez sign a minor league deal with the Cleveland Indians, uh, if that registers with you guys. <laughs> um, but that's... Yeah, real hot. Stove hasn't been very hot lately. Ben, where, where is, uh, what's his name, Kimbrell going to sign? I, re- I rely on you for this because I get a text two days, you know, a week from you on this. What's the latest? Uh, I got to imagine the Phillies are going to keep spending their stupid money and they're going to bring him in to put the cherry on top of their offseason. But that's just my professional opinion. Well, we can all cross our fingers that the Phillies will finally jump in and grab a free agent. That would be good for baseball. <laughs> ha! That's a good one, Bernie. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you. I they haven't already grabbed every other free agent on the market. I'm not bitter. Yes. It's... Ben's not bitter at all. Mr. Mister NL East, Mr. I'll always find a way to bring it back to the Braves. Ben's you know it. At once, multiple times an episode. Count on it. All right, guys. Well, today we're going to be covering middle infielders. Uh, we're going to do an NL Central preview. And as always... We're going to give you our bold predictions for the season. Every episode, new bold prediction, new hot take. Uh, I say we dive right into it with middle infielders. Um, let's talk about it, guys. Let's talk about who are we liking, who are we hating, anything that stands out, anything at all that you want to bring up with these middle infielders. We're talking second base. We're talking shortstop. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Mitch, Mitch, what are you seeing out there? You know, a guy who... I'm I'm pretty high on, and I think a lot of people are. Is this Mike Mustakas kid? You know, he he's officially a middle infielder because he's playing second apparently. You're qualifying him at second. I'm gonna I'm gonna declare him a second baseman right now, even though he's not even logged the games. But that's okay. Uh, I think you're looking at what 30 homers from the guy. He's probably gonna go pretty oh, late yeah. in drafts. So a guy you could probably wait on. 
Um, yeah, average isn't going to be there. Ballpark for sure. I mean, yeah, in the ball, yeah, he's got the ballpark playing at his advantage. That lineup, where's he going to hit? Probably behind Shaw, so fifth or sixth. So a nice place to get some RBIs. Um, that's a loaded lineup too, in a in a real hitter friendly little league park. I mean, like there's that's one of those situations where you're like, oh, is he going to play every day? Dope, I want him on my team. Oh wait, he's second base eligible. All right, this dude is going way up the rankings. Exactly. Yeah, I love that pick. Uh, ben, what you got for us? Uh, you know, I'm a big uh, Javi Baez guy. I think he can do it all. I, You're uh, a Baez guy. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I'm a big, big fan of Javi Baez. He's a real five-tool player on a great team in the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> you know, great batting order. I just tell you, you can't go wrong with Javi Baez. I disagree. Baez is the ultimate. Baez is the ultimate, like the eye test podcast type of player. Like the dude is just so much fun to watch play, and he's got so many raw tools that I'm like, in the in the very narrow perspective of this show, I'm like all in with that with that pick. I disagree. I I think we see a crazy regression. What do you What do you think, Mitch? Is it the strikeout total that's getting you? It's the strikeouts, and I think last year. I think that's obviously you know a nice ceiling for the guy, but I think he regresses pretty hard. And I'm just kind of—he's one of those that. guys I'm rooting for to regress. I don't know why; yeah. it just feels right. Oh, you're rooting for him to regress? Oh, yeah. fuck you. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people are. I love when people are like, "All right, but last year's like his ceiling." It's like that's a fucking great ceiling, dude. Like it's a great like ceiling. Top yeah. Five, top ten player. Like, what? Of course, it's his ceiling. Like that's. That's like yeah, saying, but that's right, it. That's all you're yeah, gonna get. Yeah, my shot's good, but I mean, that's his ceiling. <laughs> it's like, yes, that's a great fucking ceiling. <laughs> no, I don't know. All right, let me let me jump in here with a guy that I I need to talk about. I talk about him all the time on this show. I talk about him all the time in real life. Yohan Mankata. Uh, <laughs> so I want you guys to give me crap on this one, please, if it's warranted. Uh, I find myself like I whenever I'm doing a mock, like I I always grab a second baseman before Mankata. Like, always. So I have second base lockdown. And it tends to be I'll grab a guy like uh, like a Matt Carpenter or maybe a D Gordon or maybe like a Robinson Cano or Shaw. Like, that kind of range, like, a little bit later, like, somewhere between, like, 7 and 10. But then, like, Mankata comes up, like, a few picks later in second base. And I'm just like, I gotta fucking get this guy. And it's just, it's all upside. It's that tiny little ballpark that they play in up in the south side of Chicago. It's, I mean, it's the fact that, like, I swear to God, all it took was this, was, like, I heard, I was, like, reading this, like, beat writer from Chicago who was, like, uh, on The Athletic, who was, like, talking about players that he looks for for uh, for Chicago to see how them, like, do well this year. And all he said was, don't think that Moncada is going to take that 230 average lying down this year. And I just got so hyped. I was, like, this dude's got all the tools. He's playing in a tiny little ballpark, and he's got that fucking edge where he's, like, I'm not going to just, like, sit here and be a shitty hitter. And I'm like, I don't know why that was enough for me. I was like, I'm fucking on board. Let's go. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I see him being a shitty player. Now you go, Ben. I, I cut you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's got to be like, I know he's young. He probably has a lot of potential. He had 17 homers last year. You know, there's a chance for more probably. But yeah, I mean, it, it's got to. You got to. I got to see it from him before I can. Uh, really buy on this player. I'm avoiding him until, you know, that OPS is a little higher. And, you know, he's he's striking out one out of every three times, and that's way too high for me. I just – I got to see it before I even, like, look at him. 
Ben, here's what we're here's what we're talking about. We're talking about a raw, toolsy second baseman with a high strikeout rate, who's got all the talent in the world, and you want to see it from him first. Who do, who does that remind you of? Uh, Javi Baez, actually. Javi Baez, <laughs> maybe a year ago. <laughs> but but Javi Baez has shown it to me. There's a difference. That's why right, right, right. Javi now Baez. he's shown it to you. You're. Ben, Ben's referring to the classic finance uh, uh, proverb of uh, buy high, sell low. There you go. I mean, he, oh, don't get me wrong. Like, he's definitely a buy low candidate. Like, I'd take a flyer on him towards the end of the draft. But if he, you know, taking him at face value right now, I want no part of that. Fair. Hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to grab him. I, clearly, you're not going to fight him for me. I mean, he's going in the 15th round, so it's already a flyer. So, you know, maybe I'm getting him in that round, but I'm not, I'm not reaching for him. I will say that. Ben, you seem to be the numbers guy. He's going in the 15th round. Where's Cano going? Uh, I don't know. Why don't you pull it up? earlier, I think. No, he's going in the, uh, about the ninth round, uh, 92nd overall. So in a 12 team league, you're having him go in this, maybe probably eighth round actually. This might He's be projected around 106 overall. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's around right around that uh, eight nine round, depending yeah. on how big your league is. Yeah. yeah, I go get Cano and just not think twice Dude, and just ignore Mankata. Mitch, let me tell you something. Phenomenal segue because I was just about to bring up Cano. <laughs> I love it. I, I I'm so Dude, high. I love Cano. Wouldn't he qualify? Like Mitch, you. Sorry. Go ahead. He's just second base. He doesn't qualify for anything else. Well, on Yahoo, he qualifies in first base as well. So, I'm not oh, sure. Really? I'm not sure what that. you're looking at, but he also could. I mean, I honestly see him being more of a. Well, Alonzo's hitting him well, so maybe he stays at second base. But he feels there's more no way can play first baseman. No, no, no. I mean, it's not about where he plays; it's about where he's eligible. Let's be honest. That's true. Yeah. Listen, Cano's a guy, Mitch. You and me are going to be upbidding like crazy for this dude. He was like. It was something like per plate appearance. He was like top five in barrels last year. For the for those of you who don't at home who are like I don't I don't watch the or I don't listen to this podcast for like dumb stats like that. A barrel is basically a dude who hits the shit out of a ball. And that's what he <laughs> does. Like, I assume he's like thirty whatever. I'm assuming you mean barrel percentage because he was hurt and suspended half the year. No, no, it's. Ben, you're not even listening to me. I said, like, per plate appearance. Oh, you did say per Okay, my apology. I take that back. <laughs> Goddamn right you apologize. <laughs> yeah. No, the dude just, like, he still hits the ball really well. Let's be honest. He got caught for steroids. He's probably still taking steroids. He's probably just doing a better masking agent at this point. I mean, like, exactly. look at Nelson Cruz. Dude got busted for steroids. Now he's, like, 39, and he's still mashing home runs every year. Don't tell me he stopped taking the steroids just because he's no longer testing positive. Like, no I, way. I don't believe that shit for a second. No, I think he's going to so be know, in a man. great lineup there. I, I hate to say it, the Mets That's might have a great thing, lineup yeah. right in front of him and right around him. Dude, and if they I, bring up Alonzo, I even better. The, I think the Mets could legitimately contend this year. I'm like, I'm really high on the Mets this year. They've got some pitching. You know, they got the three studs, you could say, right? Dude, they've got more than three studs. Mets, Wheeler's who knows? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Wheeler, Degrom, Syndergaard is your oh, three studs. I guess Mats is the third, isn't it? And then Mats is yeah, like okay, the fair. will he, won't he? And then they roll out Jason Vargas, trash. 
Matt, I mean, Matt's and Vargas will like eat some innings, you know. Like it's yeah. like whatever. They're four or five starters. We're not we're not sitting here trying to put an all star team together. We're sitting here trying to put you know the best team that money can put together. Yeah, and their owners are cheap so. bastards. So, well, they're still they're allegedly still like trying to come out of the hole of the Bertie Madoff scandal. Yeah, what a shame. What what a travesty. <laughs> you really got to feel for those guys. Huh? <laughs> yeah, they're still yeah, spending like crazy. I love it. What, uh, let's move on over. I feel like we've been going heavy on second. Let's move over to shortstop. Who are you guys digging? Um, uh, I don't know. You go first, Mitch, because I'm still narrowing down my options here. Yeah, I mean, I kind of am too, but I would have to say I just love Corey Seager coming back. I feel like he's fallen in some drafts. I mean, not that far, but... I mean, sure, the power might not be there right away because he's coming back from this, what, shoulder or elbow injury or hip. Or it's one Tommy of, John's. One of those. Tommy John. What's well, Tommy John, and he's got some hip issues going on, too. Yeah. So I think he's a guy you could get, you know, later than you should, and I, I would pounce if you can because I, I still think he hits yeah. around 300. He's right in the heart of that lineup. Dude, I'm going to toss out a name real quick. I, I, I'm with you. I like Seeger. He's all right for me. He's kind of uh... – I honestly, this is going to sound dumb, I hate his ballpark a lot more than I hate him coming back from injury. Like, you guys shown the propensity to hit 300, but the Dodgers stadium is just, like, it's such a skewed pitcher stadium. And him coming off of injury, I'm like, I'm not expecting better than, like, 270 out of him, to be honest. Which is still really good for a shortstop, but I worry about the power with the, with the hip injury that he's kind of recovering from and all that. But the name that I wanted to throw out there is, uh, is Elvis Andrus. Uh, a guy who, who uh, he's going around 18th overall in shortstops. I tend to find that there's like a huge drop off at like the, I mean, if we're going to count, you know, let's say like, okay, so Bregman and like Machado and Baez are kind of at the top of the shortstop rankings, but like, you know, you could play him at short, you could play him at third, you're probably going to go every other one or, or second even. Uh, so I kind of look at a huge drop off in the shortstop ranks around the 10 or nine mark in that respect. And when that happens, I tend to like, look at like, all right, who's a guy I would reach for. Who's like lower if I wanted to just skip the whole run on shortstops anyway. And I just find myself time and time again, just like loving Elvis Andrus all the way at the 18th ranked shortstop. It's fair. Yeah. I mean, he's a flyer guy. He didn't have a great season last year and he's only had one season in his career over 10 homers. But he is a consistent steals uh, threat, so you know it's definitely he's a, a flyer guy for threat. me. He's on a bad, te- yeah, and he's on like a bad team too. So I think he'll get the opportunity to steal more. And I like the idea. I mean, like I'm like a fucking beating a dead drum over here, but that ballpark factor of hitting in Texas, I'm a huge fan of that. He's gonna hit at the top of a lineup. The top of the lineup is not gonna be the worst thing. I don't know. I just like for me, if I miss that run on shortstops up top, I'm I'm like all in. On Elvis Andrus afterwards, I can I can see that. Um, however, I I feel like I'm uh, should pull Bill Belichick here and rather be one year early on giving up on this guy than one year late. So, given his stats last year, I'm not touching him this year. Um, a, a guy that I think has some value, who people are overlooking in the about the fifth round, I'd say is Xander Bogarts, and you know obviously he's one of the top five or so shortstops, but he's getting drafted after Trey Turner, after Bregman, after Lindor. I mean, he's look, he's going in a top ten shortstop right now, and he 
he had such a great year last year, you know, hitting, you know, 289, 23 bombs, 100 RBIs. I, right. I'm really yeah, buying into Xander Bogart's sure. breakout. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny those RBI numbers. The batting average was great. He even, you know, he gave you, he's, 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 he's looking like he'll get you about 10 stolen bases, which is which helps out. I would say, uh, I, I like Xander Bogarts. For me, he's got a fall to me. Like, he's not a guy that I'm reaching for, and I've heard a lot of people all in on this guy, and I, and I, I can't, like, deny it. But I'm, I'm never reaching for Bogarts. No, I agree. Yeah. Go ahead, Mitch. No, I was going to say, I agree. He's one of those guys where it's like where he's getting drafted, I feel like there's other guys, you know, in that range that I'd rather get. And if I don't have a shortstop by then, I'm probably just going to wait around and see what falls later. I mean, he's literally, he's he's one, two, he's like right up there with like Carlos Correa. Like they're pretty much next to each other in terms of value points. And Alberto Mondesi is like 10 picks later. And I feel like what you really see with, with Bogarts is he's, in terms of just shortstops, He's sandwiched in between like the two most talented shortstops with the highest upside in all of baseball. Yeah. Like Mondesi, if he steals the way he stole last year and he hits home runs the way he hit him last year, is the number one shortstop in fantasy baseball. And Correa, if he if his back is okay and he can hit the way I mean that we've seen him hit like more as a rookie and as a sophomore, he's a top I mean, he's a top four player in, in all of fantasy. Yep. So it's just like when Bogarts is sandwiched in between them, it's a total like nonsensical, non-data driven approach. But you just kind of see the least amount of upside, and you're like, "What am I gonna? Am I gonna be a little boy? Or am I gonna be a man here? Like, like fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling the trigger on a high upside guy." I mean, exactly. I, I don't know. I, he's going in the fifth round, maybe fourth round, if you get a deeper league. Um, I like him right at his value. He's hitting in a fantastic lineup, one of the best in the American League, top Definitely. three in the American League. I, I stand by my take. I really like him as the ace shortstop in Yahoo right now. I stand by my take. <laughs> I love it, Ben. All right, here's what I'm thinking. We go around one second baseman, one shortstop. We say the guy that we're absolutely not touching, even though people like him. Okay. Why don't we start with Mitch? Let's start Mitch. The one guy I'm not touching. Uh, You're not touching him. But, but people may or may not be hyping this guy up. Yeah, and if you want to give a caveat, like, it would take a lot. Like, you could even be like, it would take a lot for me to want to yeah. pull the trigger on this guy. Because right. just saying not touching is kind of absurd. All right, probably not touching. I think he's going to get hyped too much. I'm going to say he's Brian Dozier. And I, I was on this guy early on in the year. But, I mean, he had a terrible year last year. I know he had a little injury going for him. Age is catching up. So part of his game is stealing bags. I think he cuts back there. I mean, the average is probably, what, 250 to 270 range and might hit you 25, 30 homers. I mean, it's not great. So I mean, I'm it's probably a function of him, him being in D.C. too. That's why people like him. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, you're I'm right, probably Mitch, staying like, off that train. Yeah, I'm just now looking at his stats last year, and they are horrendous. He was around the Mendoza line, still hitting 20 homers, but, you know, you got Brian Dozer thinking you're getting 30 homers, and that's just not him anymore. You're right. I mean, unless right. he that shows hasn't something been him for a while. Uh, yeah, I guess. No, I think the two years before, I think he was pretty good. But yes, last year in it was just 27, fell for down four down. years in a row, from 2013 to 2017, he had 30 plus homers. Last year was the first year that he had, did not hit 30 homers since 2012. 
So, yeah, it's just last year. It's definitely something that gives me a lot of pause as he enters his 30s. So you are you absolutely nailed ben, it. Ben, I'm very confused about your, your numbers that you're looking at here. I'm seeing 2013, 18 home runs, 2014, 23 home runs, 2015, 28 home runs. I'm sorry. I was looking at his. Du- I was looking at his doubles. I stand corrected. I was looking at the uh, wrong. St- yeah, I was looking at the long line. That would be a beast if you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he did still hit 34 home runs in 2017, but last year, definite fall off near Mendoza. 20 homers. You definitely give me a lot of pause this year as he's what now 32, 33, uh, turning 32 in May. So yeah. And he could still do it. There's a chance he still turns it around, and you know. He, he was hurt last year, so that could have been a lingering injury that never really healed itself. And then he moved to L.A., and they played him two days a week, three days a week. So who knows? If he's in the heart of that lineup in you know, D.C., he very well could have a great year. But I think he's shooting up the draft board. Like, it's, it's kind of funny something about like guys playing on the Dodgers who don't have like an everyday job where it's almost like we feel like deep down that they're not – being given a real chance like i feel like puig is shooting up the draft boards because everyone's like oh he's gonna get to play every day and it's like somewhere deep down we know that when guys don't know that they're playing every day it's like the approach is so different and it's gonna lead to less productivity because a guy is he's not going up there like trying to work out his slump or blah, blah. he's just like every day i need to produce and and you know you have to talk to the players themselves to actually like figure out like is this actually help, helping or hurting or whatever? But I feel like in our course, we're just like, dude, if you don't know you have a job, it's a completely different mentality. Um, yeah, and you know, on that point, Go ahead, Mitch. You know, I was just going to say, yeah. you know, another second baseman, you know, I'm not touching, it's really a platoon, is the McMahon and uh, Hampson out in Colorado because yeah. who, they don't know who's playing. Why? I'm not going to, you know – waste a draft pick on a guy that I don't know what's going on. And Rockies haven't really shown that they will play, you know, one rookie who's overhyped and, they, you know, is ready. Because McMahon should have played last year and he went through this and he played three days a week maybe and never got the bats, yet he's a Although monster. Although he is tearing it up in the in the spring ball. Yeah, him and Hampton are both tearing it up. Play. So we'll see. Rockies have a nice lineup this year. Yeah, yeah, I just want to jump back to Dozier for a second and uh, in your Dozier Puig take, Bernie. And I just want to say, I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, he's, you know, not playing every day. I think the uncertainty of it all really messes with a, you know, guy who who you know, who played every day for, you know, five, six years in Minnesota. So, and, and on that same point with Puig now playing every day in Cincinnati in that ballpark, I am very high on him, and I under, totally understand why he's shooting up the draft boards. Why don't, why don't you save that for the outfield preview episode, Ben? Why don't, why don't, why don't we adhere to the format? Okay, I will uh, hold that for our outfield show that's already had. <laughs> ben, who, who aren't you touching? Shortstop, second base? Who's, who's a guy you're like, I know people like him, but I'm not touching this dude? Oh, gosh. Uh, for me... Uh, it may sound a little weird coming from me, but I do not want a piece of Ozzy Albies this year because he was was a Jekyll Hyde classic last year. You know, he hit 20 homers before the all-star break looked like the next, you know, next coming of Robinson Cano and his second half, he just fell off a cliff and you know, it's just, which 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 Ozzy Albies are we going to get this year? So I I'm very very concerned. He's going in the fifth round in most leagues, maybe in the fourth if uh, you're in a deeper league. 
and I just I can't bite at that uh, at that draft round for me. Don't you love it when you see a guy like that who's like they're like ranked really high and so they're gonna go in a certain round and you just know that like this dude is so overrated that like I'm essentially gonna they're like whoever takes him that's like one higher up player I get to draft. <laughs> I agree. Yes, it's I uh you know you're gonna find a little arbitrage there if uh you just you know see an Asa minor or someone just blindly drafting the next available second baseman. Sorry, Asa. I know you're big, but I, you're my big, but I still love you. Getting specific. All right, I'm going to throw out a dude. You guys are going to laugh at me. I'm saying Manny Machado. Shortstop eligible. I'm not Oof. drafting him. Like, like It wow. would take so much for me to – I know. So go with me on this. I like Manny a lot as a player. He's very good. But he's hitting in, like, the worst ballpark, not only for right-handed power, but just for hitting in general, right? That's half his games are going to be there. He's going to be with a lineup that we're all kind of excited about, right? It's a lot of, like, young rookies. Oh, yeah. Younger players who, like, have potential. But, like, they're not going to get on base enough for Manny to get the kind of RBIs he's going to need to justify the draft position. He's not only is the park going to keep in a lot of his home runs, right? Then we saw how that worked out last year when he went from Baltimore to Dodger Stadium, where his average dipped way below. But everywhere in that division that's not Coors Field is also dog shit for hitters. So I'm I don't know. I look at I look at Manny and I'm just like, dude, it's gonna be his like best case scenario was last year's first half. It was great ballpark and he's seeing the ball great and he's hitting it great. And I think he's a great player. But there's a ceiling to what you can do in the NL West. There really is. And I just think that I just don't think that Manny is going to do well this year. I think in a couple years, maybe like two years from now, when that lineup is kind of like come around and it's like he's getting more protection around him in terms of hitting. They're scoring more runs, getting more RBIs just casually. I think it'll go well for him. And I think that, you know, maybe he'll make up for those average with the average with a little bit more counting stats. But I, I just don't see it this year. If, if he falls five six seven picks like you're fucking right i'm taking him but like i don't think that's if anything people are going to reach for manny this year oh yeah no question and you know i think the spotlight's off a little more in san diego and you know he can afford to get away with a little more of a a slump so you know he's just got paid you always wonder you know if if the guy's really trying his hardest anymore after the big payday so be interesting to see how that plays out yeah even though you don't want to generalize a guy you know that's that sometimes happens Yeah. Do you guys got any more thoughts on the uh, second base shortstop class? No, but we, I have uh, a fire bowl prediction our... when we're ready for that uh, uh, segment. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's jump right into bowl predictions. What do you, what do you got for Let us, Let me ben? kick us off. I'm going to start with Dansby Swanson, another fire. brave. The other half of the, of the, the duo um, that we've talked about, you know, with Ozzy Alves and now yeah. Dansby. But uh, I'm gonna say he's an all-star this year. I think he was hurt all of last year. He had a, you know, injured his wrist in April in Chicago. It was really snowy and it just totally messed him up, messed him up for the rest of the year. I think he really breaks out and becomes a key cog in that Braves order and becomes an all-star. Dope. Uh, that's, I disagree. That's bold. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even know what <laughs> please, to say to that. please disagree I'm all so you want. Star. This is why it's bold predictions. Uh, I'm so it's totally. I know. Well, that's why I wasn't trying to be a dick about it. I was like, no. I mean, the segment is inherently like kind of crazy predictions. Oh but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I disagree. 
please. Mitch, go uh, you got a you got a bolt you got a bold one for us. Yeah, and you know what? I want to touch on a player we started talking about early earlier. Uh, you got a yeah. guy that now has this guaranteed playing time in a hitter's park. Uh, the team, the guys around him are going to get on base. I think Yasiel Puig is in MVP uh, discussions. Wow. He's not, he awesome. might not win it. He might not win it, but uh, he, I think he's going to be in that is this guy, you know, as we're going down the stretch, can he do it? Is he there? And he probably won't win, yeah. but I think he's going to have that type of year. So we, we finally have some really, really good disagreement on this show, Mitch, because in one of our earlier episodes, my bold prediction was that Puig, with full playing time in Cincinnati, totally flames out and hits like 230. Don't you, don't you <laughs> dare. Don't even, don't even talk oh, about I that. Oh, I love Puig. Mitch, oh. there's three of us in this podcast. Raise your hand if, uh, <laughs> if you own a Puig jersey. <laughs> it's only me. It's only me. I believed. All right, no, I, I'm going to do a bold prediction. I don't. I don't hate your bold prediction, Mitch. I just. Uh, I don't either. I, I predicted the opposite. I'm gonna say, and this is gonna sound crazy to everybody, that the hurt pitchers that are starting off the season hurt, that everybody was so high on before the injuries, and everybody's so afraid of now. And I'm spent. I'm essentially talking about Luis Severino and Clayton Kershaw. Fulton Avich too. Churn out. And well, okay. Well, he is not included in this one in this particular uh, 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 debate that okay. I'm going to throw in there. I'm going to say they both finished the season as top 10 pitchers on a per-game average. Oh, my goodness. Like, everybody's everybody's saying, like, when they come back, they're not going to be good, or, like, you only get so many stats from them, or everyone's, like, afraid of Kershaw because he's so injury-prone at this point in his career, and, you know, his fastball doesn't have the same zing, and, and Severino's got the, I believe it's the shoulder injury, which everyone's so afraid of. I'm going to say they both come back and their per-game averages, they're going to be top 10 pitchers. At least top 10 starters. How about that? Uh, yeah, I like it. It's a, it's a bold prediction. I think it's going to be a struggle for both of them to get really right this year. So, uh, you know, I disagree with it, but that's a great bold prediction. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I, I can root for it. I'd like to see Severino be a top 10 pitcher. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet you uh, pro-Yankees or something? I, I'll root for him, you know. Okay, guys. Uh, this is a good. It was a good fantasy bowl predictions. Good discussion. I say we jump into our weekly divisional preview. Uh, we're talking NL Central today. Uh, talking Cubs, Reds. I'm glad we talked about the Reds all episode. <laughs> Brewers, Pirates, and the Cardinals, and I'm calling this one the best division, the most interesting division in baseball. Sponsored by uh, Cerveza. I could see sponsored. I don't. No, Saki. Excuse me, not Cerveza. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> I could see the Reds being a really fun team to watch this year. The Cubs are always great with all that talent. The Brewers, it's their division to win or lose this year, frankly. And then uh, the Cardinals, man, a uh, lot of great acquisitions. They already were, like, overflowing with great young starting pitching and even great young relief pitching. I mean, where do you even start with a division like this, guys? No, I honestly have no idea. Um, we, who do you guys let's, – let's start with this. Who do you guys think is going to take this one? Uh, for me, I think the Brewers repeat. I just think they have yeah. 
too many too many good hitters, and I think their pitchers are underrated, and especially the bullpen. I think the bullpen is really what keeps them in a lot of games late. You know, between Hader and uh, Evil Knievel um, closing it down. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm big on the Brewers, and they got Mustakas to re-sign for cheap, and they got Travis Shaw still there. Braun Braunton have another good year. You know, they have a lot a lot of big sluggers, and I think they're going to slug their way to another title. Yeah, but they don't, don't have any pitching. They've got no starting pitching. Actually, well, no. So they actually do have some solid pitching. Mitch, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. Anderson, I think it's Chris, not Chris Anderson. Chase, Chase, Chase. Chase Anderson was their was their horse. He was like a fucking monster in in 2017, and then he just got hurt and was out all 2018 with like a freak injury that he got when he was like either running to first or covering first. It was like it was a non pitching injury, and he's back to full health today. Or the um, this season, uh, so I'd like to see him. I think Peralta could take a step up. I mean, that's kind of a big if, but I also just think that this team can. I mean, we're talking about the regular season. You know, we're not talking about who's going to win in the postseason, where pitching is so much more you know important. I, I could see this. Team. I'm I'm with Ben, man. I I also agree. I think Milwaukee takes the division again this year. Don't forget about your boy no, Freddie Peralta. <laughs> yeah, I, I did bring up Peralta. <laughs> oh, sorry, I missed that. Go ahead, Mitch. No, I mean, I, I could see it because it's like the Cubs. It's like, I, I don't know what to think of them, honestly. And then you've got the there's Pirates. about the Cubs. Where, yeah, no, you go, you go. I was going to say, there's something about the Cubs where they were so good in 2016, and then they've been so, like, mysteriously not exceptional the last two years, you know, where you almost question, like, boy, are they actually this team overloaded with young talent or – are they a team where everybody hit their peak at the exact right time? You know. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but it's like you, you look at a team like the Reds. It's like they've got no pitching. They they're gonna hit the screws off the ball, but I don't see them winning this division by any means. The Cardinals made some moves. They're pitching such a question mark right now. It's like who's closing games? Can they even close? Uh, you know, it's like Carlos Martinez, what's going on with him? You've got uh, Alex Reyes, he's probably going to be in the bullpen. you got, uh, I don't even know his name, coming back from injury. But but the, the rotation seems like it's kind of a mess, so I think you do have to go with the I Brewers. I disagree with you anymore here, Mitch. I, I think that as much as I'm with you on the Brewers, I think that St. Louis actually has one of the better rotations. They just have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to pitching. Like, those guys that you mentioned, Martinez and, um, and Reyes, are both, you know— obviously insanely talented pitchers with great stuff, but, like, they have them in the bullpen. Like, they, they can both work out of the bullpen at this point. And then they've got that that uh, flame baller. Uh, Hicks. Hicks. Yeah. Also another great closer option for them or just even a relief option. I, I think St. Louis, if anything, has the best pitching in the division. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like, I'll put it this way. I could see St. Louis getting into a wild card spot and then just, like, taking the NL. Like, their pitching is that good to me. That's the thing. It's such a question mark that it could be great for them or it could be everyone's hurt. Because Carlos is already hurt. That's fair. I mean, Reyes, that's any team, Who Mitch. knows what's going on with his elbow? No, I know, but they're already oh, no, hurt. Mitch is right, though, yeah, in terms of the, 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 there is a lot more injuries that seem to be cropping up in St. Louis's pitching than in, than in other teams that I think of that have good pitching. Yeah, it's like I can't call it a good rotation because I don't even know who's going to be starting half the time. Yeah. I, I disagree with your overall assessment, 
that, it, that you're not calling it a good rotation, but I do agree with you that there are a lot of question marks in terms of injuries. But I, I just don't think that's enough for me to be like, this rotation isn't that good. I'm like, no, the rotation's full of studs. They just like, you know, I think the fact that there's so many good pitchers on that team, I say to myself, like, dude, if half of them get hurt, they've got the best rotation in the whole division, no matter what. Like, Wait, you've got Flaherty, you've got McCullough, or whatever. Like, is. two pitchers in. Yeah, it's definitely Mikolas. the strongest. Yeah, staff Flaherty, Mikolas. I mean, who else are we? Who did they trade to the Diamondbacks? I really wish they had held on to him for Goldschmidt, but. Oh, Weaver? Weaver. Weaver. I yeah, really like Luke, Luke Weaver, Weaver, but was pretty they good. had to But it's like you got Walker coming back from injury. You don't know what you're going to get from him, and it's not like he's always been lights out. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks. Wayne White, Walker. So there's, there's two pitchers at the top of their rotation, I guess you could say, McCullis and Flaherty. After that, it's like, it, what, are you going to throw Wainwright out there anymore? Um, but I'm looking at their depth chart right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, they do uh, – well, ESPN has Martinez listed as their number two starter, but he is no. not. I mean, that bullpen <laughs> – They still technically yeah. have Adam Wainwright out there. Dude, not to mention, we didn't even bring this up. St. Louis brought in Andrew Miller. Yes, I was just going to say, they really strengthened their bullpen with that signing. Not, I mean, they already had a closer type in uh, Jordan Hicks starting the roster, and this that 8-9 inning punch is going to be nasty as they're in close games. Yeah, this team rules, dude. This is a good it's, – it's, again, I'm with you. I think the Brewers, it's their division this year again. I think they're in their window, and I think they're feeling it. But, uh, man, this this pitching, um, this is – I mean, their closing situation, I would I would love to see – well, no, I wouldn't love to see it. Opposite, I would hate to see St. Louis play the Yankees in the World Series, and then you would just have, like, nothing but strikeouts for, like, nine <laughs> innings a game. Well, well Miller, I mean, you, you mentioned Miller. I mean, he had a bad year last year. It's like, can he recover? And if he's lights out, like you said, yeah, that back end's filthy. But there's just so many, I mean, like, what ifs. I'm with you. He had a bad year last year. But I think that – I don't know. I think overall Andrew Miller has earned the benefit of the doubt from us in terms of our, our respect for what he can do. He's a little bit older, but, you know, he's a middle reliever. So they, I feel like they age a little bit better. You know, the the, the, the overall wear and tear is not as demanding as, as it tends to be with other players. Yeah, I mean, no, I think they could be the they could be dominant. But there's also all these – it's a lot of question marks. You don't know. But that's why we play the, the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Part of me wonders, too. I don't know. Cleveland was so aggressively average last year, and I always tend to feel like baseball players, like, they'll never admit it, but, like, I feel like a lot of them just kind of get bored or, or like, they're not as laser-focused locked in when the team is just obviously doing shitty. And even though Cleveland, like, still won the division last year, it was kind of a weak win. And I don't know. I feel like... I look at Miller's jump in ERA, and in my head, I'm like, yeah, he probably just like knew that it didn't matter how good or bad he pitched. <laughs> he could just kind of get away with whatever. Yeah. That's my theory. Anything else we want to talk about with this division? Pirates tanking, uh, that's fine. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think the Pirates could make some noise. I know they're, um, they're you know, obviously not projected to finish at first, but – I think they have some names that, you know, if, if a few things click, they could be interesting. You know, they always have uh, what's Felipe Vasquez at the back end of the bullpen. You know, he's lights sure. out. You have Critch Archer, if he can have a bit of a bounce back year. Although he hasn't been, you know, rock solid, you know, all-star level for a few years. But he's always a big name that, you know, has a chance to bounce back. You know, you got Ray Searich. You know, and Ray Searich I trust, and I, I think he's going to – make some gems out of this pitching staff and you know I, I think you have some underrated hitters in this lineup as well with uh josh bell 
uh, Jung Ho Kang, yeah, you know, like Josh Bell, um, Gregory Polanco, Starling Marte, Corey Dickerson. That's such a, that's an all star outfield right there. If you ask me, if everything falls right, <laughs> um, I mean, that's I love a, Polanco, but I, I don't think it's happening with that dude. <laughs> I mean, not this year either. It wasn't last year. You may be right, but they happened. have a lot of young, interesting names that you know, if, if a few things fall their way, they could be in there. You know, uh, as a you know, someone to watch to make a trade deadline move to push them over the top. I don't see it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to play devil's advocate uh, here. Well, preface with that then. <laughs> I mean, I, I did this with the Giants in the NL West preview. You know, you, if you think, I mean, with any, with almost any team in the majors outside, like the Marlins, maybe. If a, few, if, if a few things break right, you could, you know they could be there in the summer and anything could happen. It's baseball. Can't predict I'll baseball. I'll tell you what, Ben. I, 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 I'm, I'm really not trying to be like a dick here, but I actually feel the opposite of you. Like I'm really not trying to just like be a contrarian or like be argumentative or play devil's advocate, but like I, I actually weirdly feel like baseball is the – to me, baseball is the one sport where it really like you go into the season and you're just like, okay, the following 10 teams don't have a prayer. You know what I mean? Like we – we all, like, I'll put it this way, like, look at the Angels last year, right? Some kind of nice pieces, some kind of interesting question marks, and obviously, like, Mike Trout's a beast, and you really want them to make the playoffs because you're like, we want the best player in the playoffs every year, right? And then we talked about this last episode, Ben. But then, like, we knew, right? Going into the season, we were like, best case scenario, this team wins 80 games. And they won, what, 80, 81? It was like, it was that. You know what I mean? So I, I, I actually kind of, like, I'll look at baseball right now, and I'm just like, yeah, the Pirates, they're not making the playoffs. Like, I... I didn't even think that had to be a hot take. I was yeah. just like, can we all, you know, like live in reality? Like the Pirates aren't making the playoffs. Orioles, like like Blue Jays, for example. Vladimir Guerrero could come up and rank and rake. Lords Guerrero Jr. is a beast. Like they've got some nice pitching. They're not making the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're just like, there's there's 10 teams out of the 32 that are just not, they're just, they don't have a prayer. So here's the thing for me. And I see, I understand your take with the Angels and the Blue Jays, but I also think that's a factor of who else is in their division. The Astros are so far and away better than every other team in the West that obviously I don't think any of those other teams have a prayer. Maybe they can sniff the wild card, but, you know, like the A's snuck up last year on the wild card. But I agree with you. I don't think anyone in the West, in the AL West, has a prayer outside of the Astros. And you go to the AL East when you talked about the Blue Jays. I, th- I don't think the Orioles, Blue Jays, or Rays have a prayer only because the Red Sox and Yankees are just far and away that much better. When you look at the NL Central— well, you know that the Rays—you know the Rays, like, the Rays had the most wins of any team that didn't make the playoffs last year. Right, and I, I, I know they didn't make the playoffs, and I still don't think they make the playoffs just because the Red Sox and the Yankees, they have a lot of young guys, and they spin, spin, spin. They go all, all the way to the tax line. So I think that's why those two teams are going to bury the rest of the division— you know, Rays maybe making a little noise and getting close to the wild card, notwithstanding. But the difference between the AL, you know, the AL West of the world, the AL East of the world, and the NL Central is I don't believe the Brewers, Cardinals, or Cubs are that top-end team that the Red Sox, Yankees, and Astros are. That's where I think there's a slight door opening for the Pirates if things break right. And there still has to be several things to break right. That's the difference between that division and the other divisions that you just talked about for me. Yeah, your point your your point is well taken. Uh, it's not. I, I see where you're getting at. I don't think that's the craziest viewpoint. I, I I still like don't believe the Pirates have a chance in hell of winning. But your your point is fair. I, and I'm not but trying to make think, honestly that. Sh- sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I, you know, I don't actually believe that the Pirates will make the playoffs. I just think there is a greater chance than teams in other divisions, such as the AL, any of the AL divisions. I just think the Indians are even far away better than, you know, the other teams in that division. To me, it's just the central. Yeah, we talked about that. To me, it's just that the central, you know, there, there's several good teams, but there's no top-end elite great because of the question marks that each of those teams, the Brewers, Cardinals, and Cubs have. Right. I I, uh, I actually kind of think the Brewers are an elite team, just not. I almost feel like we're a prisoner of how good the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros are right now. Yep. Like, we're going to be talking about these teams in, like, 10 years. We're going to be like, remember that, like, two-, three-year period where it was just, like, they had nothing but, like, studs coming up. They both had great bullpens and great starters and blah, blah, blah. I think that, like, in a normal baseball year, I think the Brewers are a top-tier elite team. I mean, they made the NLCS last year, for God's sakes. They're theoretically a top-four team, even right. though, you know, you'd probably take all three AL top teams over them. But for sure, I think that I think that uh, I I would just say don't be a prisoner of, like, how well-constructed the Astros, Yankees, and Red Sox are, you know? Like, Milwaukee is still a really good team. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you got to take each team as – their face value and i and i if i was to bet on the pirates i would bet they're not making the playoffs just because there is too much <laughs> against them but however i think they have a better chance than a lot of teams in the al in those divisions like like the angels like the orioles like the blue jays i just i just think they you know they, their chance is one percent and the other angels is like you know point zero 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 one percent fair point well We've beaten this horse dead. We, we have. <laughs> Mitch, I any closing really thoughts you got drove, for us? <laughs> I've really drifted. You know what? Down. The only thing I'll say is if the th- you know because you use the you know if the things you know break right you know the Pirates have a shot. If things break right for the Cardinals, that division's theirs. If the pitching's oh, yeah. there, the bullpen's there, the bats we know are there, uh, th- they win that division. You're That's right. what's cool about the NL Central, honestly, is is I could see four out of those five teams winning it. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's what's fun about it. That's what's fun about baseball sometimes, guys. That's what's sometimes about. things get competitive, and yep. it's great. For once. Cool. All right. Well, this has been a fun episode, guys. Uh, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, I think we got some good hot takes in there. Oh, we had a good discussion, and. Uh, once again, we're going to thank uh, Andrew Shumaskin for uh, providing the, uh, the great beats for, this, uh, for these episodes. He's, uh, he's available for hire both for fisheries-based uh, population dynamics models and uh, for making jingles. You know, he's, he's a renaissance man, and I really think all our listeners should, should just know a little bit more about him. Special thanks to Dosakis. Special thanks to, to, as Ben said, Cerveza Beer, the motto of, <laughs> of the Cincinnati Reds, was it? Or the NL Central? NL Central. Interesting division in the league and MLB. Oh, man. So close. Okay, cool. Well, that's going to do it for us. I'm Bernie. I'm Ben. I'm Mitch. And uh, keep on mocking, everybody. Never stop. See you next week. <laughs>